real estate over there and hustle over here. Got real estate over there and hustle over here. Welcome to the Uninvited House Guest Podcast. I'm Tony Stanford. I'm Joy Bailey. Thank you for checking us out. So, uh, we recently talked about being pre-approved. Um, now, obviously, mortgage rates have shot up. Or not now, they were shooting up then. But uh want to talk about some different type of loan products out there that maybe can make people more comfortable with purchasing now. Um, I know uh, we were talking offline about maybe a two two one buy down. Is that how you say it? Two yeah, two one buy down. Two one buy down. <laughs> we have quite a few different products that are that are starting to come online now. But yeah, two one buy down. So we got two one buy down. Um, we have is the, I guess the newest thing that's going on. Can you tell the people uh, how that works? Um, and maybe how that's even different from like a traditional loan yeah. or is qualifying probably, I think qualifying is the same, but it's the same. Let's talk about it though. So before I embark on this, I would like to say, please converse with your loan officer about your individual situation. This information is for educational purposes only. Um, but no, a two, one buy down. A lot of times people hear that and they're like, well, what is it? And why is it different than just like paying discount points? So I just thought with kind of like what a two one buy down is. It is a great way to get yesterday's price, right? So a lot of people were like, oh, I don't want a five percent rate. I want a four percent rate, or I don't want a six percent rate. I want a five percent. So everybody wants what they can't have once it's already passed. Well, a two one buy down is a great way to take your rate from whatever today's market rate is. Let's say today is seven point five percent on a 30-year fix to be able to go from a 7.5 to on a 30-year fix to a 5.5 for a temporary period of time and what will happen is that your rate will gradually increase over the next two years so you will go from a 7.5 down to a 5.5 in year one in year two you will go up to a 6.5 and then in year three, you would be at whatever the original rate was at the time that the loan was originated. And then for the remainder of that 30 years, that is the rate that you would pay unless you have been able to position yourself to do a refinance to lock in a lower rate. So it sounds like the key to all this is the end, which is being able to refinance. Uh, can you do that at any time? Like one, two, three, you got to wait out a certain amount of time before you can refinance with this particular product? No, generally you're able to refinance when there is a financial benefit. So that could mean that you decide that, you know, you got a raise at work and you don't want a 30 year loan. You want a 15 year loan. Um, that could mean that, you know, you just decided, you know, I'm really uncomfortable with this. Let me just go ahead and refinance now to get into a 30 year fixed loan. Um, it, it could be a variety of reasons why you choose to, but ideally, um, because we do know that we are at the beginning of a recession, historically interest rates do fall during the time of recession. And so the smart play would be to make sure that you are able to refinance as the rates start to fall and you will be able to make your rate permanent. So if you're going from a seven and a half, maybe, you know, rates start going down and you can catch a six or, I mean, even lower depending on, you know, how low rates start to fall. 
Okay, I mean that makes sense. I think that's a good option. Um, I I guess a lot I've seen this product mostly with uh, new construction homes. Obviously, you probably can do it in traditional, as it sounds, if you have the right situation, I guess, financially. Yeah, we actually just started offering this product about a week ago. It's something that has always existed. It's one of those old school products that we just haven't had a use for um, because rates had already been so low. And so in this situation, it's a win-win. So it's a win because it allows you as the buyer to have a lower payment for a couple of years because to be quite honest, the most expensive time to own a home is in those first few years. You know, you move in, you gotta get new furniture, well you don't have to, but people choose to buy new furniture and they're just new debts that are just associated. You get a new refrigerator and other things like that, lawn maintenance, things that you hadn't factored in, you're suddenly finding yourself having to pay for. And so it's a great way, like I said, just to kind of get your feet underneath you. But for the seller, it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to sell your home at the same purchase price that you listed it at without having to reduce your price, you know, by twenty dollars or $30,000 to have people be interested. So what happens on the technical side is there's a difference in payments. So what happens is when a when a buyer does a two one buy down and just for a round number let's pretend going from a seven percent to a five percent you save three hundred dollars a month that's thirty six hundred dollars that the seller is going to contribute to this subsidy fund and let's say in year two that seven percent to six percent saves you a hundred dollars a month so that's twelve hundred so we'll take the thirty six hundred dollars for the year and that twelve hundred dollars for the year so now that is $4,800 that the seller is going to contribute so that you will be able to take advantage of a lower payment for that temporary time of two years. So, of course, a seller is going to be like, I'll give up $5,000 rather than give up $20,000 off of the purchase price of the home. So, that's why it would be like a really great win-win scenario. Again, for the right person, if the person, you know, doesn't have a super high debt to income ratio or a low credit score, like I would never advise this to someone that's already a little shaky on the front end getting into the home. Okay, that makes perfect sense. All right, so what I know you're talking about points and buy downs and what does that look like as from a I guess either percentage piece or not percentage we talk about that but like from a, a rate what does that mean we talked about points obviously pre-approval so hopefully everybody remember what points are but you can talk about that first and then kind of what that looks like okay yeah so a lot of people are like well what's the difference between that why don't I just you know buy the rate down well there is no dollar amount that is going to allow you to buy the rate down to the point where you are getting two interest rate percentage points off of um, your loan like I'm looking at a rate sheet right now and um, this lady has top 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 credit I mean, she has a 739 FICO score and I'm looking at a rate of a 7.125 I don't have a rate that goes down to a 5.125 her rate goes down to a 5.375 and in order to do that it will cost $20,000 
and discount points. So that's one key difference. So if you're buying the rate down, you'll never be able to buy it down as deeply as that. Generally speaking, people will pay one point, which is about one percentage um, point of the loan amount. So in this particular case, it's about $299, I'm sorry, $2,900 or so to get down um, to buy one percentage point down. So I'm sorry, excuse me, why, buy one discount point. But the discount point only is going to translate to her being able to go from a 7.125 down to a 6.625. So while that is incremental and it is helpful, it only changes the payment by about $100 a month. And that will be for the life of the loan. But again, it doesn't have the same impact as saving three or $400 a month you know, until interest rates, you know, go down, should they go down. That's definitely a good point. I would say that's obviously significant if you're talking about seven, seven anything to five. Um, so definitely, obviously, $300 is a lot in your month, right? That's a car payment, some groceries. Groceries are expensive now these days, yes. but it's groceries or whatever else you have to contribute. So definitely, I, I like that option. Um, and then, obviously, we have some other more traditional loan stuff that we we knew about before like adjustable rate mortgage i know this is it sounds like that but it's not that because it sounds it's at immediate impact versus in the future um i guess similarly they do have i guess a set schedule what the fees are going to be or the maximum it could be not even set fees so arms typically are maybe five years or maybe seven just depending on i guess the lender but i would say typically with that you have the maximum your payment could be it's not a what your payment is going to be, whereas you have the two one buy down is actually this is what the rate's going to be next year. Yeah, your worst case scenario is that you end up back where you started with a two one buy down. With the um, three year arm, five year arm, or seven year arm, or even a ten year arm, depending upon the lender, you can go up in interest. So your interest is going to your interest rate will depend on what the market is at the time of that adjustment. So at the end of that three-year period or the end of that five-year period, seven or ten, they'll look at, well, what are the rates now? And it's already a predetermined amount of if you can go down two points or if you got to go up five points or whatever it is, you're already well aware of what that payment increase would look like at the end of that initial time period. So definitely sounds like, and again, we're just comparing the two. It sounds like that's a better, I don't know, down payments are the similar. Can you jumble it with a down payment assistance program if this exists for Generally, either of those? Down, I, I have not seen a down payment assistance program that does any buy downs or anything okay. like that um, just because of risk factors. These are more risky products that we're talking about. For sure. And it is, you know, according to some on YouTube, it is, you know, Armageddon is, you know, the end of the world. And, you know, we are setting people up to take their houses. Um, they are more risky. They're not a standard 30-year fixed conventional loan by no stretch of the imagination. And so that is why I encouraged at the beginning, make sure you're seeking counsel for your specific scenario I will jump out here on a ledge and say, this is not for you if you don't have any money in the bank. This is not for you if your debt-to-income ratio is 50%. Um, 
or even probably not even for you if you're 45%. This is not for you if you don't have extra money coming into the household that may not be included on the application. This is not going to be for somebody that has shown in recent history that they have had financial struggles, collections, things like that. Um, these products are really going to work very well for someone that has always paid their bills on time, been a good steward of their money, can put down more than the minimum down payment and still have money left over because they're going to be more in a financial mindset to say, oh, okay, I'm not going to, you know, get my keys and completely forget about the fact that this is a temporary rate. They're already going to be financially savvy and responsible enough to factor in, okay, well, better not go out and get this new car because, you know, in a couple of years, my payments might jump up four or $500, depending on the, you know, purchase price of the house. So that's, something I would very, 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 very strongly caution you to think about um, when you are asking about these products. Now, are there loan officers out there that's not going to say this to you? Absolutely, because these loans are getting fewer and farther in between, and we got to eat too. So I would advise you, you need to think about yourself and think about your personal finances before you go um, thinking that you're getting ready to get a 5% rate in a 7% environment, because it's just just for the day, and that year go by real fast. Very good points. Um, so definitely, again, if and that was specifically for the, the buy-down product, not the arm, just to clarify. But um, it's important, again, that you have the total picture. We're talking about 30-year commitment, 15-year commitment, based on whatever loan product you get. Um, obviously, you have to have the ability to refinance if you're going to use this product. Because, um, again, the rates, if they do go down again, you're going up, obviously, because that's what you signed up to do. So if you want to change the direction alone, you gotta be able to requalify for the loan. You do have the collateral now, so that helps and possibly some equity, maybe. But hopefully. <laughs> and that's the other thing you gotta think about that we don't talk about. We're always assuming that the market is gonna go up. Generally speaking, when we start talking about market corrections, the reason why 20% down is kind of the ideal number is because if there is a dip in the market, generally 20% is where it probably will bottom out. 50% off, that was that was nothing that anybody could forecast. It was irresponsible lending that was going on. If you're going in and you're only putting down 3% or you're only putting down 3.5% and the market corrects itself and we're only going up 3 4 5% a year, in two years, will you have the equity there? You probably will have a little bit, but... Will it be enough to allow you to go ahead and, and refinance into a permanent loan situation? There are factors that can come in to where you can't refinance your loan. Um, also, I do want to say that the 2-1 buy-down is available for a conventional loan, a VA loan, and an FHA loan as well. So those are all um, very good opportunities if you can um, to, to get into that space. I guess in a nutshell, right? It's still an opportunity to buy if you are the right buyer. Yes, you, you got right your ducks in a row mm -hmm. um, that you're interested. So there's opportunities for you to be creative. Um, we always look for creative financing and ways to do things differently. Um, because again, at, at the end of the day, that benefits you as, as a buyer. Um, and in this case, it, it benefits the buyer and the seller because they're able to sell it at the price close to what they obviously want. Mm -hmm. um, so ultimately, again, this is just an option. 
not telling you what to do or what to look for. But again, if you are a person that, hey, I've been waiting, this is my year I was ready to buy, and all of a sudden now the race is too high, I'm thinking maybe I should do something later. This may be an option for you to still get into the house this year or early next year. Um, if you hadn't considered that or you didn't know about this type of program, um, it's definitely something I'm still learning about. Um, again, I've worked with mostly traditional VA clients or um, FHA, some convention as well. But again, this is definitely something new to me. So definitely um, interested in, again, helping helping people to learn more about this particular product. Um, it sounds like it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, did we mention, you said, I know you said there's down payment, is it? Uh, it's three and a half percent because it's the FHA. So yeah, if it's FHA, yeah, the the traditional everything applies. Everything the the underwriting standards are the same for everybody. It's literally just a button that we're clicking that acknowledges that the seller is going to give you a little bit of money to make up for what that payment would be on that higher interest rate um, for the next twenty four months. So. It's just the way that we organize it in the system. It's still a 30-year fixed loan, um, but it is a temporary buy-down from the seller. Don't ask if you can do it yourself because it doesn't benefit you for you to pay the money in advance. It's still your money. You, you know, you're not, don't get razzle-dazzled by the rate what we're, I mean, it can't. No, people have asked, they're like, well, can I do it? It doesn't make sense. It's no benefit for you to bring Seven thousand dollars to close and to save seven thousand dollars over the next twenty four months, just make the payment. So, definitely good points. Um, like I said, just another option, something to consider. If again, if you're in the market or we're in the market, um, I'm in a Facebook group, um, and somebody say, "Yeah, we were ready. I did everything right, and like the market's crazy now. I'm not really sure what to do." So a lot of people are in quote unquote despair because they have plans on purchasing. So this again, this would be something that may be beneficial to you. Um, but again, you also may decide to wait. I don't know what waiting looks like as far as rates or anything like that. But again, this is an option to get you back to potentially houses that are staying on the market now and start a little longer. So that's good. So you have some inventory to look at. Um, you have a p- possible way to get a rate that's lower than you can traditionally get this time of year. Oh, and I forgot. I left this part out. If you can negotiate with the seller to do the 2-1 buy-down, they can also contribute to you buying the rate down even further because those are two different pots of money, the way that it's read in the system. So, you know, if you're getting an FHA loan, you could still possibly get 6% in seller concessions to help you, you know, with buying your rates down. <laughs> if you're doing, you know, a first-time home buyer loan through Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, you can still potentially get 3% in seller concessions to help buy that rate down a little bit more. So these are all ways that you can maximize your position as the market is shifting and create a scenario where your loan is just a little bit more um, affordable for your payment every month. So while we're in the subject of creative financing, I've seen a house that was for sale the other day and it was talking about an assumable loan product and it was something I'm not really familiar with. So I wanted to get your insight on it, uh, but essentially said the seller has a rate of 2.75 on the FHA loan and it's assumable. Um, it's a four bedroom house. Um, it was built in 2007. It looks actually really, really nice. Um, two car garage, you know, all the bells and whistles. But again, if you can get 2.75 interest rate, it sounds pretty cool to me. 
Um, but I'm sure there's a, something that I'm missing. Like, it's probably just not that cut and dry. So tell me your perspective from the loan side on how this works. Bro, you're missing everything. So uh, basically, I guess we can start with what is an assumable loan? So government loans are assumable, meaning I can take whatever your loan is and we're just going to swap out the names. I'm certainly oversimplifying, but that's effectively what you're doing. So let's, I guess, just say you have, you know, you live in this $400,000 house. You put your house on the market. It's $400,000. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And now you advertise it as an assumable rate. And your rate, because you refinanced two years ago, and you got a 2.75. Okay, cool. FHA, all right. I check all the boxes. I need an FHA loan. I qualify. Oh, debt to income. Oh, my God, this is going to be so amazing. What happens is your loan servicer is going to effectively uh, underwrite the loan so that you will be able to uh, take on the loan. They don't take on as much risk because you qualify. The problem is, I just said it's a $400,000 house. You need to make up the difference in cash for whatever the difference between the purchase price is and whatever the loan amount is that you're taking over. And generally speaking, if you getting into an FHA loan, you probably don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars um, or tens of thousands of dollars. But, I mean, it's not a terrible thing just to have a mortgage insurance because, I mean, ultimately you're going to save more in the long run on the interest if your going rate is, you know, 7 7.5%. I mean, that's that's saving a whole lot of money. So some people will certainly find it attractive to be able to um, have that, you know, little $200 a month mortgage insurance. I care less because they're saving tens of thousands of dollars every year in interest. So so let me just get this correct. The house that I just talked about, it was they want 427 for it. Okay. That's what they want for it. The loan is, they owe 228 on there on the loan. So... I'm getting a loan for two twenty eight, and I have to come up with the difference, which is basically two hundred thousand. That's, that's correct. What okay, that's interesting. But let's go down that path. Am I able to use, I guess, traditional creative financing to do that? So typically, you can borrow for like four hundred one k because it's uh, for a mortgage. Is that a qualified um, kind of way you can get funds? So can I use like four hundred one k? Maybe family and friends, et cetera, et cetera, to get yeah. 200K. So there's no restrictions on that? No, it shouldn't be because, I mean, now, granted, you know, I've been in Linda eight years. Assuming loans is not something that in the last probably 20 years anybody's really talked about because interest rates have been steadily going down. Um, and that's another thing that we'll get into is can you even do it at all in, in reality? But yeah, like, it's a purchase. So all of whatever FHA says you can do on a purchase, you should be allowed to do in this assumption. Uh, so yeah, using those, you know, 401k assets that you have, or IRA stocks, all of the things. I mean, if you need to liquidate your whole life, you know, um, do that. But you definitely want to check with the servicer before you you know, go getting excited about this idea because I mean, everybody doesn't actually do it, even though it is something that's allowed on paper. 
Okay, that's a that's a good point. Like I said, it's not that many uh, loans or loans homes in the MLS right now with that option. I actually only count fifteen, and this is going as far as Statesville, um, from kind of up, and then all the way to Cullowhee. So only fifteen in whole MLS that currently allow that or said that they allow it. Um, it is a house in Berwick that looks like it might be kind of nice too. So there's a few, you know, um, that are in the area that people might like, and ranges from two hundred thousand all the way up to seven hundred thirty thousand. So it definitely um, some options, but. Again, I wanted to talk about that since we were talking about creative ways to finance loans. Um, so, cool. So, we got this segment of the podcast where we do like a trending topic. It's just a real quick blitz. Um, if it's if a discussion gets too good, it'll turn into a further discussion later. But it's called Mortgage Points. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's about mortgages, obviously, or potentially about mortgages. Um, and today's topic is... So, your good friend, Mr. Jerome Powell. Cousin Jerome. Uh, <laughs> is back at it again. Uh, another 0.75 Fed interest hike rate. Um, I believe this is the highest since 2008, actually. Um, so, what do you think? What does that have to do? What does that, how does that look for us in the housing industry? I mean, it's going to impact every part of your life. So, like, the housing industry is just a small segment. I think then when we start talking about the rates, people automatically um, draw an immediate line um, from, a, what was it, a quarter percent? What is it? A seven, a three, three quarters percent mm-hmm. interest hike. Um, that impacts a lot of stuff. Like, that impacts your auto loans. You know, because I see people on these message boards like, oh, should I get my, should I get a car first or should I get a house? It's going to impact that. Your, you know, your your car payment is going to impact um, your credit card payments. It's going to impact every, anything that you borrow. Um, but as far as a housing market, I mean, the whole purpose is to balance things out. Uh, to create a more healthy environment for people to find properties. Right now, it's severely imbalanced. And ideally, by getting people out of the market, it will allow more homes to stay on the market a little while longer and um, allow buyers more opportunities to find their dream home and negotiate so is it a bad thing no i don't i don't think it's a bad thing at all it it has to be done until people stop spending money um one thing that i know is that they said they're going to stop looking at certain indicators um as far as data and start actually looking at the market in terms of what's actually happening so you have you know, quantitative data and you have qualitative data. And looking at more of the qualitative is going to start to be the shift uh, in terms of how they choose to move things forward because <laughs> things are not falling fast enough. Um, we are starting to see in the qualitative data that things are coming down like oil, right? Gas at the pump is a lot cheaper than it was uh, 90 days ago. Um, things like that are indicators that the market is softening. Um, so hopefully it will start to slow in terms of the hikes. But, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. It's giving people more opportunities to find a house. 
I mean, that's fair. Definitely. Well, the inventory still is roughly the same, so it hasn't changed drastically yet. Depending um, on where you are, though. No, I'm saying Met, Met County. So, okay. again, we talk every month. I told you I post almost every day how many houses on the market. I think today it's 2,500. So, I mean, it's a little high from 2,200. 2, 2, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a little high, maybe 300 more houses. Mm-hmm. Um, we're definitely having a few more days on market. But, again, we're still talking, for the most part, houses priced correctly are selling 30, 45 days. So, nothing too too long. Um, again, we just don't have the inventory. So, it's definitely balancing, obviously, with mortgage rates being higher. Uh, people are not doing buy-downs and things like that. They're probably going to sit a little longer. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out from that perspective. So again, yes, the houses are sitting longer and you have a better opportunity of getting it, but are people applying for loans? I believe mortgage applications are down as well, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a balance. have been steadily declining. I want to say this, the lowest it's been in 25 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, the mortgage applications are certainly down. But it's also seasonal. It is the season where things are just a little slow. You know, it's starting to get cold outside. Kids are comfortably in school. Parents have to, you know, save money for, you know, Santa Claus and all of the things. And the market should probably start to pick back up, you know, mid-January, you know, early February as we start looking toward, okay, we're going to move when the kids get out of school and, and all of that. Um, I do, like I said, I, I just, I don't, I think the people that can buy are always going to buy, period. I find it fascinating that earlier I mentioned, you know, interest rates increasing impact automobiles. No one pauses to say, well, maybe I shouldn't buy a car. Like, it, it, nobody's saying anything like that. And, you know, housing is something that you have to have no matter what. Um, considering a home a bad investment when it's a primary residence, I think it's something that we really need to dig into. Um, we love to to use headlines as our quote unquote research, and in fact, investors they're looking at the long term. This is just a blip on the radar. Um, and so if you are shopping for a primary residence, the new cool thing to say, the new colloquialism, buy the house and date the rate, I mean, whatever. But you can refinance, maybe, you know, if you are positioned financially, you know, if you're not somebody that's barely getting into the house, you know, by you know, the skin of your teeth, you probably would be in a situation where when the rates start going down next year, which they will um, because of the recession, um, you can just refinance, no big deal. But, I mean, everybody can't be in the housing market. Everybody was never supposed to be in the housing market. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but it's a fact. Everybody was never supposed to be in the housing market. You know, once you go below a certain income and a certain price point like it was never supposed to happen um and those people were very very uh, lucky to be able to take advantage of you know a historic period in in our uh history so i don't think it's bad you made a good point i wanted to bring up 
so housing market has always been cyclical. Um, year 2020, 2021 kind of changed our expectations of that, right? So there was no cooling down period, just kind of it shot up and it continued. So I think it was probably that 30 month window when we when realtors weren't essential workers that there was kind of nothing. And then after we can go back to work, it pretty much shot back up. And then it's been hot pretty much ever since. So you definitely make a good point. Traditionally, most people move towards the summertime just because it's better for their family. Most people don't list houses on Christmas morning for that instance, right? So unless you're getting a new construction, typically you're not moving until summer is over. So definitely a good point. Um, so again, we're resetting. We're getting back to normal, for lack of a better word, as far as, again, how things are supposed to flow. Um, so it'd be interesting just to see how, again, how houses staying longer or people waiting to list houses to the, the summer. And we'll, at that point, where well, we have 6,000 houses on the versus 2,000, right? So again, we don't know obviously what's going to happen from that perspective, but definitely that's a very good point that real estate has typically been a cyclical market. It just hasn't been the last two years. So. Yeah, and it's just the fact that things went up so, so, so fast in such a short period of time. Just a lot of sticker shock because um, I promise you, when I was saying, oh, the rate is five and a half, people were cringing. But now if I say it, they're like, oh, my God, it's a great deal. So it's all subjective. It's all relative. Understand why you are buying is by far, I think, the number one question that you have to ask yourself. And if you are very grounded in the reason why you're buying and you're buying for the long term and not just for the instant gratification on, you know, of likes on Instagram when you post your pictures, I think you will find that you will not be assuaged from the market regardless of what the interest rates are. You know, a $50 hit, $100 a month hit in payment shouldn't be the make or break if you are already financially able to. Now, if that $50 just knocks you out, and I mean, that's situation but by no means should it be oh i'm just gonna wait for the rates to go down i mean you gotta have someone to live no matter what and the market is always gonna come back even if it takes a hit for a little while so we're good real good points jerome we need some help so just slow it down for us a little bit let us let us get to the end of the year just just stop a little bit but seriously good discussion as far as that's concerned um and again um, our goal is just to continue to let you guys know how the news affects you guys as we continue to change, um, or excuse me, as the market continues to change and shift. So there it is. Thanks, Jerome. All right, well, folks, that's all the time we have for today. Hopefully we've uh, shared some stuff that you can use to uh, spark some discussion with your family and friends. If you love what you heard, please uh, share like the episode um again we need more people to listen to get the information again our goal is just to help people to become homeowners um again that's one person at a time so definitely if you like what you heard share this with someone thank you peace paid off got a house to the own paid off got a house to the own